innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. This is Dirty White Belt Radio, stories about jiu-jitsu life and culture. Every jiu-jitsu competitor dreams of becoming a world champion, and every year thousands of us make the trek to the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California, to try. For most of us, reaching the podium has to remain a dream. Today we're going to talk to two people who made it a reality. But first, a few programming notes. We spent the week at the jiu-jitsu world championships, the Mundials, watching the best in the world, many of whom talked to us. Over the next few weeks, we'll be releasing interviews with Olympic silver medalist judoka Travis Stevens, with Gustavo Dantas, the BJJ mental coach, and with Robert Drysdale, who is making a groundbreaking documentary on the history of jiu-jitsu. We'll have a few bonus shows in there as well. We can't wait to bring these shows to you, so please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play so you don't miss anything. And if you want to get a hold of us to suggest future show topics, you can email jeff at dirtywhitebelt.com or get at us on Instagram at Dirty White Belt or on our Facebook page. U.S. Grappling has been my favorite tournament to compete at since White Belt, and here's a quick story from my White Belt days. I had entered too many divisions for my meager cardio, and at the end of the day, Andrew Smith from Revolution BJJ, one of the owners of U.S. Grappling, came up to me and said, are you going to complete your divisions? And I looked at Andrew and said, I'm doing all the divisions unless I get a major injury. And Andrew looked at me and gave me the best advice I'd ever had, which was, don't get a major injury. You might get advice this incredible, but you will definitely get the best tournament experience you've ever had if you register for U.S. Grappling. June 30th in Columbia, South Carolina, or July 14th in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can register online at usgrappling.com and save yourself some money by registering early. Let our favorite tournament organization know that we sent you and have a great time competing. Sabrina Wright is a purple belt out of Charlotte, North Carolina, who has been training for 10 years. She's been a successful competitor throughout those years, and this week, which is her first time competing at middleweight during the Mundials, she made the final round and earned a silver medal. When we sat down outside the Walter Pyramid, she talked me through all her matches. But midway through those matches, something caught my ear. My third fight was actually the, the uh, woman who won Pan Ams. And uh, so she was, she was difficult. She, uh, I won two to four, um, but halfway through the match, I actually hit my head and suffered a concussion. So I, am, I do have one now. That's right. She's concussed. She breezed right past talking about her injury, though, and went right to talking about her finals match for the gold. And then my finals fight was I lost by one point. It was two to three. Um, it's a, definitely a hard pill to swallow uh, because I had the back and didn't get my second hook in. So it's definitely a learning experience for me. So if I'm going to understand you correctly, you got concussed in the semifinals and you fought the finals despite that injury. Yes, sir. Did you feel that? Was that was your head fuzzy at all? Did you feel like it undermined your performance? 
I don't want to use it as an excuse um, because there are no excuses. I should be able to beat anybody on my on my worst day. Um, but I feel like I actually came off the mat and Lucas poured cold water on me. Um, and KP, our strength and conditioning coach, um, told me the medics shouldn't have cleared me. Um, but I was very insistent on wanting to fight and keep going. So I came off the mat. I was breathing really heavy, and uh, I looked at my mom. I was like, "I want to do it," you know. So I fought, and I think it would have been helpful had I not hit my head. But uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely learning experience for me. The Lucas she mentions you might have heard of. That's Lucas Lepre, arguably the best lightweight jujitsu competitor ever. Sabrina trains out of the Lucas Lepre headquarters in Charlotte, North Carolina. I wanted to know what it's like to have a world champion head coach and then to compete on the same stage with him. It must be exciting for you to compete at the same tournament as your black belt world champion head coach. Absolutely. It actually, I don't want to say it puts more pressure on you, but um, it's kind of motivation because you're like, oh, Lucas is going to win again. So it kind of makes you want it more. So you're a purple belt. You've been training 10 years. Um, you just earned silver at the Worlds. Does this performance make you even hungrier to come back next year stronger? It does. I'm very excited. Um, my parents are actually making me get cleared by a doctor before I go back to training. Smart parents. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm very motivated. I can't wait to get back into the gym. <clears throat> I'm actually going to talk to KP and Lucas about um, more strength and conditioning workouts, um, a diet and everything. I want it that much more just because it was so close and I feel like it was ripped away from me. So I want to work harder for it. Every athlete at this level is a busy person. You have to be in order to keep pace with the competition. But Sabrina is especially so. I understand you're also a full-time student. Yes, sir. Uh, I actually just graduated um, high school and college with my associate's degree. Terrific. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So how do you balance being a full-time being dedicated to your studies but also dedicated to world-class athletic competition? Um, I actually... Um, school has always been like super big for my parents. They've always... If you don't do well in school, you don't get to do jiu-jitsu. So it's, it's been motivation for me to do well in school and kind of... I'm trying to get it all done so I can train more. Um, but I, I scheduled all of my classes around my schedule at the gym. So I trained from 12 to 3. So I'd get all my classes done at 8 to 11.30, and then I'd go back from four or 3.30 to 5. And um, I would try to get all of it done. I'd get schoolwork done at night when I come back from training. Um, it's definitely a struggle, but this is what I want to do, so I have to make it work. We all have heroes and role models. When I ask Sabrina who her BJJ heroes are, she mentions the great Alliance black belt Monique Eliash, but there are a few other important names in there as well. You, you may have rattled off some of these names, but do you have, other than Lucas, do you have jiu-jitsu heroes, role models, folks that you look up to, either people that you pattern your game after, or just someone that you think is like, that person's amazing, would love to be more like them? Um, so I do, I love Monique's style, I love the way she plays, but um, Lucas is probably the one I look up to most because I see, I get to see firsthand his dedication and the hard work he puts in. Um, I see him training, and then we get done at 10, 11 o'clock at night sometimes, and he goes and weight lifts till 1 in the morning, and then he's back training in the morning and feeling great and, you know, just wrecking us every day, all day. So I think he is... Um, probably my my idol in jiu-jitsu and 
my parents are my biggest motivators. Well, you, you could do worse than have those folks on your side. Absolutely. <laughs> Toward the end of our interview, I asked Sabrina the same question I ask almost everyone. Is there anything I haven't asked about that you really wish I would have asked about? Here's what she said. Um, I think like my biggest thing is like trying to get more women into jiu-jitsu and trying to get it equal because I know a lot of females um, don't feel comfortable working with men and I get it it's kind of gross you know you get men sweating all over you um, but just encouraging women to continue with jiu-jitsu and try to start it and just feel comfortable we're in, most of the time I don't think the guys are trying to make women uncomfortable and they're trying to make it the best that they can um, and I think that's the biggest thing is just women's jiu-jitsu and trying to push it harder so we have more women competing and like today is a great example um, we have men's quarterfinals semifinals and finals and only women's finals like it's not good enough for us to watch quarterfinals semifinals and finals all the same day as the men so I think it's like more of like trying to get equal with the men in the sport now Sabrina, congratulations again on the silver medal and all of the best for continued success. Thank you so much, and thank you again so much for having me. When you listen to Sabrina Wright talk about her goals, which are ambitious, you have to ask yourself, is she going to be back in the world finals as a gold medalist next time? Next up, we'll talk to another Jujutera who's gotten comfortable on the podium. Let me share three unbelievable things with you. First, I can't believe that Toro Cup 10 is coming up on June 23rd at Cage Side Fight Shop in Durham, North Carolina. Second, I can't believe that Toro Cup has raised more than $12,000 for worthy charities and is going to continue to raise more. Third, I can't believe how many awesome matches there are on this card. We're partnering with Remington Place Productions to produce a series of videos previewing some of the best matches, the ones that I find most exciting. So you can hear me break down some of those matches in those videos. And if you want to really support the community, you can come out to Cageside Fight Shop and Toro BJJ World Headquarters at 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina on June 23rd. See some of the best jiu-jitsu around, watch some of the finest athletes, and support local charities. Hopefully we'll see you there. The old proverb says that hard work beats talent, especially if talent doesn't work hard. But when you're fighting for a brown belt gold medal at Worlds, everyone has talent. But no one works as hard as North Carolina's Kim Rice. Now she has the hardware to prove it. I've seen Kim's hard work firsthand. Kim and I started jiu-jitsu on the same team at the same time, and she's been one of my best training partners for the past eight years. Kim's work ethic, drive, and egoless approach to constant improvement paid off. She went through a talented field, winning three matches, two of those by submission. Kim's husband, Jason Mask, is a competitive purple belt. He and I were in Kim's corner for her matches. When we saw her taking the back and moving toward a bow and arrow choke in the final, it wasn't like watching the end of a match. It was like watching eight years of hard work come to a point in one moment. Drop your leg over! Yes! Yeah, it's safe to say we were all excited. For years now, Kim Rice has been one of North Carolina's most accomplished competitors. Kim is a private person, though, and every time I'd try to interview her for the show, she begged off. The only time you've ever heard her voice on this podcast was after she won the Worlds at Blue Belt, and then I made a deal with her. If she came on for three minutes, I'd never ask her to be on the show again. 
I'm grateful that after this gold medal, she made an exception. And I'm even more grateful that someone interrupted that interview. Why would I be grateful for an interruption? Because the someone who interrupted was black belt world champion Victor Estima from Gracie Baja, the coach of Kim's opponent, Laura Barker. Kim, you've worked for this a long time. How does it feel to be the adult brown belt world champion? <laughs> Somebody is feeling my bicep right now telling she's me I'm really strong. strong. <laughs> I, would you mind telling me what your impressions of Kim were? Emma, she's a warrior, man. I thought she was so strong and really good jiu-jitsu at a combination. You know? She put the pace. She didn't let my, my student not even start anything, which was really good to see. You know, She kept the pace really high, and she came up with a win. She really deserves the championship. Thank you so much. Well done. Your student was amazing. I saw all her matches, and she did yeah, really well. what describes my student's heart, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I should have seen the other fights before. <laughs> yeah, she kept digging all the way. So, so, I think all the girls this year is doing really well, so you know, really good to see how the, how the jiu-jitsu is developing in the female Barker. categories. You know, it's really good to watch. Laura Barker's performance was filled with heart and guts. She'd had her ankle popped with a toehold the round before and had three tough matches to get to the final, but she never stopped moving forward. Her teammates gave her an appreciative Gracie Baja chant after the match, and I was so impressed, I might have joined in. The Baja folks were filled with class and toughness. But this was Kim's day. So Kim, how's it feel to be how's it feel to be the adult brown belt world champion? Oh, I'm walking on air. I did promise you you never had to be on the podcast again, but I figured if, if ever is a good time winning the adult world championship. Yes. I appreciate all your support and everyone's support and Jason Colbreth and Drew Colbreth and all my training partners at Forge Carry and everyone who I train with. Um, I really appreciate you getting me here. Well, those of us that have seen you train. What, you know, there are a lot of words we could use to describe you, but like if I could use two, they'd be work ethic. And one of the things that I noticed is you mentioned we were talking. Obviously, you do a lot of physical training, but you were doing a lot of mental training. Yes, thank you to Amy well. at North Durham CrossFit. Um, people were coming up to me and feeling my bicep and telling me I felt strong, and I think that's because of Amy. <laughs> yeah. So what about what about your physical training? Or what about your mental training? You were talking about visualization. Yeah, I've been going to sleep at night telling myself I am a brown belt adult world champion and just going to sleep with that thought in my head. And um, at yoga during the meditation in Savasana, I've been repeating that over and over in my head and feeling like kind of a weirdo. But it kind of changed the self-talk that I had, the self-doubt that I had, and trying to believe that I am this, even though I hadn't achieved it yet. Well, so I believed that I could. And you did. And not only did you do so, you did so convincingly. Your wins in the semifinals and the finals were both by submission. You get an Americana submission in the semi and a bow and arrow choke to win. Can you talk us through both of the finishes of both of those matches? Um, well, for the bow and arrow choke, you know how sometimes you're all wrapped up in the moment and you know intellectually what to do, but like you're so, you're going crazy, you know? And I heard Mask, my husband, say, throw your arm over. I mean, throw your leg over, which I hadn't done. Like, I, I had the grip, I had one leg, but I didn't throw my leg over her arm. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh yeah, duh. And then, and then I did that, and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need someone there to tell you the duh things that like, you, you can't do in the, in the moment. Mask, how tough is it to coach your significant other who also happens to be your training partner? Uh, it's, it's not that hard. I just kind of let her go do her thing, man. She, you know, I'm just there to, to remind the small things. She, her jiu-jitsu knowledge is a lot better than mine, so I'm just along for the ride. It's good stuff. That's not entirely true. He remembers a lot of basics that I forget. One of the it things- reminds me of them at critical times. And yeah, like that's one thing that I noticed too is that you continually, at critical times, when you could have just wrote it out, you went for the finish. 
And is that something that's instinctual or something that's been drilled into you by, by your coaches and training partners? Well, yeah, I'm here wearing a Toro gi and I'm under Hoist Gracie. So um, I know that I don't have a, a Gracie Baja patch or certain certain things that, you know, can sometimes give you the edge over refs. And so I'm like, it's always better to get a finish, you know what I mean? Because you never know how, how the refs are going to look at you. Yeah. Do, do you think the Toro gi helped you with your chokes? Of course. <laughs> when you look good, you're all good. <laughs> To win the Worlds at any belt level is a tremendous achievement, something everyone wants, but very few are able to make a reality. At 37 years old, Kim was the oldest competitor in her bracket by some margin. In fact, she was already a Masters World Champion. So Kim isn't one of those prodigies that started as a kid or even in her teens. She started as an adult, and now she's an adult Brown Belt World Champion. Coming up, there's more to come from Worlds. Stay with us. Hey, Lourdes. Hey. What's your favorite tournament organization in jiu-jitsu? Um, that's an easy one. It would have to be U.S. Grappling. And actually, I love them so much that I'm going to go to their ref training in January. I know that they put on a lot of ref trainings because they're serious about the competitor experience. I've actually gone to two of the ref trainings myself because I wanted to be really sure that I was a decent ref. Yeah, I really like the way that they do the ref training. One, you can go to the ref training and you, you can get your training done. But then they even kind of mentor you at one of the events. And so you um, you get to practice doing your refing during real matches. And uh, I really like that. U.S. Grappling is run by grapplers for grapplers. You can compete in the new year. Register early to get a break on price at usgrappling.com. A quick reminder, we have a lot of shows coming at you over the next two weeks, so please subscribe. We'll be releasing interviews we did with Robert Drysdale about Closed Guard the Movie, his documentary on the history of jiu-jitsu, a conversation with Gustavo Dantas, the BJJ mental coach, about how to improve your mental game, and one of the best interviews we've ever done with Olympic silver medalist in judo, Travis Stevens. We'll have a few shorter shows out as well as a bonus. You can get the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play so you don't miss a thing. And if you want to get a hold of us to suggest future show topics, you can email jeff at dirtywhitebelt.com. Or get at us on Instagram at Dirty White Belt or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cagesideradio. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in a few days.